0: Welcome to edition number 52 of Mac and Cheese, and my name is Graham Hicks, and your name is Mac Mail. <laughs> Welcome. Let's not do the whole episode. The reason we're doing this is because <laughs> I too am getting to be like a lot of these old buildings, and uh, you know their systems are falling apart, and so are mine, including my mental state. So <laughs> ah, come on, don't give yourself <laughs> enough credit. <laughs> Well, I'm due for an overall. It'll be nice so they could totally gut me and uh, you know, put in all new innards and a new brain. <laughs> but keep grain. the facade, right? <laughs> keep the facade. Keep the personality. <laughs> this all comes up, of course, Mark, because of the hoof I'll eat you over, the uh, McDougal United Church. Right. Yeah, it's been in the news a lot
1: lately. Council's discussed it twice now in the last week, trying to figure out what we should do to save that building if, if anything can be done. And I think where they've landed right now, just to bring people up to speed, is that they kind of have a Hail Mary to the province to say, look, this is an important old building. We can't really afford to do anything with it ourselves. But hey, could we find
0: a public use for this building so that we could allow it to exist? I find this very conventional thinking. When you look at a lot of the most successful new projects in town, they have been the result of, of people with a real will you know that want to get something made. Yeah. Who spent many many years at it, who found the almost always these days, you have a third third split. You know, city province, sometimes the feds, but they want to have sometimes private. Yeah, but they want a third. No, they definitely they want a third to fourth non-government dollars. Yeah. Right. Now non-government dollars can be not-for-profit, can be organizations, can be foundations. Can be private donors, right? But I think there's a if you went, like let's just crack the bo- the, the the box open here. They need what ten? They're saying twenty five mil, but you hear really ten million. They could they could open up the place. Sure. Crowdfunding. I'd throw in fifty bucks. You know, I don't mind seeing them McDougal if, if especially if I got to be first in line for concerts or you know the usual way that crowdfunding you get works. A perk
1: or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, there's an awful lot of wealthy people in town who are forming foundations. What about a couple of foundations that could be taught? Go to the uh, the Edmonton. What are they called? The, the Edmonton Community Foundation. I mean, those yeah. guys have have got the ears of lots of people. Yeah. So, would it be that difficult to put together a thirty, forty, fifty million dollar? historical foundation that would be dedicated to the renewal of buildings, not building grandiose new buildings, Right. but we talked about this before, but to have a restoration fund or a renovation fund for whatever buildings of your choice, right? Yeah, I'm all for uh, preserving the older buildings, but we've never really done a good
1: job of, like you say, planning for that or putting the money aside to make it happen. So I think the foundation idea is really interesting, and we've talked about that before too, that you know, maybe instead of getting your name on a brand new building, you could leave a legacy by supporting some of the historical buildings. The crowdfunding one is interesting, but you know, you do that the first time. Are you going to do it the second time? And they're kind of Are you symbolic. Do it the third time, like.
0: Yeah, and and also really, what you do is you raise twenty twenty thousand or something, right? Right. Yeah, but it's You symbolic. try to leverage that, right? You leverage it, right? Yeah. And that's what well, then you build on that. Then you bring in the other guys, and you bring in this. We cannot depend on government anymore. Fascinating stat the other day 80% of the provincial funding now goes into four ministries. Okay. Being, you know, advanced education, education, health, social services, right? Every other ministry has got less money than they had 15 years ago, right? This is why we're not, you know, it's so hard to find money. And the, 30 years ago, there was government money there, there was heritage funding. But we keep getting older and spending more money on health and wanting our kids to be better educated at minimal cost. But the things they're giving are things like century-old buildings that. And also, those those are a little different, though, right? Are you saying that? Well, I'm just saying that there should be simply that money is tighter than it used to be.
1: Yeah, because like those things are operational, I guess. If you think about operation versus capital. But is it that the maintenance of these buildings? There's no funding for that. Is that what you're trying to say?
0: Not sure. Just talking about money overall. Yeah. Uh, but there's also, there's tax credits, and there's a lot of very creative ways things can be done. Yeah. I think if you have good accountants working at it, you never know who's trying to snow who, right? Yeah. But if they looked at the whole thing and said, yeah, okay, it's going to cost $10 million to McDoodle, but we suspect after it's done, it should be able to bring in this much more value, uh, okay, we've still, we've done all the numbers, but there's still about a $3 million shortfall here, okay, let's see what we can do with tax credits, no, let's see what we can do, but you have to come up with a certain amount yourselves. You got to run the thing efficiently. You got to make sure if it's going to become a concert hall. Sorry, you can't keep a church going with 140 people. You know, doesn't make sense. But it could become a, a beautiful little hall for for what well, is a beautiful little hall for it all is, kinds yeah. of it's stuff. It is, yeah. It's a great building. Yeah. yeah. And we don't want to lose the building, which does count for something. Yeah. And I just think there's a lot of ways you could look at that. The Glenora Bed and Breakfast over in 124th Street, right? The 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 developers doing the sweet talk dance, and you know, Blossom he's out to make some money and do as good they can, but they recognize they're not going to get rezoning unless they keep the facades. I mean, that's sort of the trend these days, yeah. right? So yeah. they're saying, we'll keep the bed and breakfast, the first three floors, we'll put up our, our glass tower, and we'll build a facade around it, we'll put some nice shops in. The problem with that argument there, it works for the Kelly Ramsey building downtown because you're right downtown, you're surrounded by high-rises. What's another high-rise in terms of, shade or protection or whatever, but 124th Street is somewhat like old Strathcona, you know, yeah. it's built, uh, it's all about scale, it's about soul, and I think if you put that big blue building, that, that's 124th Street and what, 102 Avenue or so, that's a monstrosity, you know, it should never have gone in there, right, but someone managed to get the the zoning and rammed it through. Had you kept that building, if you keep out the others, we are now seeing a transformation of that street, do we really want to see the social license, if you know what I mean, the soul? of of an area that's just developing into a lovely new special space for the city. And God knows we need our special spaces, right? My point there is you could take the Glenora Bed and Breakfast. You could look at the actual total cost of renovating it, you know, four or five mil, whatever it will cost, right? Do the analysis and say, folks, based on your cash flow, your future revenues and everything else, this is how much is the shortfall. We don't want to see a 24-floor story tower go up there. So let's horse trade about putting some money into your renovations to make sure the building exists as it is. The thing about 124th is that it's still pretty central. It's still,
1: you know, it's just the other end of our downtown street of Jasper Avenue. And the zoning is changing. They've just rezoned The area on 121st and Jasper and the area on 123rd and Jasper, there's towers going up all along there. So Where do you draw the line? It won't seem as inappropriate, I guess. I I get what you're saying about the soul. Like For me, it's not so much in that case that it doesn't match the area because I think it's that it doesn't match the area today, but fast forward a few years after these rezonings have allowed those projects to go up, you're going to see a bit more density there. It's more that are you doing the old building any justice if you just put a facade on it? Like, if you, if you don't have anything, like, what if you kept the facade of the McDougal United Church, what would that do? The, the magic of that building is the history inside of it, mm-hmm. isn't it? And the way that it looks with the, you know, the classic features and things like that inside. And its, it's location. Lo- I mean, yeah, its, it's such location, a central is, location is important as well. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, another funding option could be, a, you know, there's the private funding, which we've talked about, mm-hmm. like maybe a foundation. But, you know, we do this uh, 1.5% tax for neighborhood renewal. We've built up this pot of money for neighborhood renewal. What if we did a 0.5% tax to build up a heritage fund for buildings?
0: There's so many ways to skin that cat. Sure, you could build up a heritage tax fund. Yeah. Or you could offer, it's always easier for the government to give money behind us back. <laughs> and by, I mean, tax credits. You know, they're a wonderful thing. But say with that with that bed and breakfast, they said, yeah. it's going to cost, we're willing to put in $2 million we will will give you a 10-year tax break, right? You know, and whatever, and bingo, bango. I mean, it's cash, right? No one it's ever. It's got to be a
1: business that's going to run, though, right? I guess yeah, that they... would be the proponents' argument. That
0: oh, sure, but yeah. anybody could. Also, look at guys like Gene Gene Dub has taken, well, not hundreds, but dozens of decrepit old warehouses without any government money whatsoever, turned them into charming little condos, and has made money at it. Yeah, and and along the way has raised the tax value substantially. Yep. And that's the other one that you, you were talking about taxing. So what about the, uh, the business revitalization zones or the same thing we're talking about downtown? That As these buildings improve, their taxes go up. I mean, Old Strathcona has done a rather good job at it. This is why, and I just don't like the idea. You, you have a good point yeah. that maybe the high-rise cluster is developing there. I think it's just in that particular area. Yeah, I, sure. I think but what you're is, saying
1: about White Ave is true. It would be very
0: out of place to have a 14-story tower there. Right. What kills me is how uh, indefensible our zoning is. I remember going to Japan for a holiday, and I was quite amazed to see, you know, in the most expensive part of Tokyo, all kinds of low rises. And the answer was, oh, that zoning's it's three hundred years. It's not going to change for three hundred mm-hmm. years, right? They they think long term. It's locked in around sensitive areas or whatever, and no developer would dare appeal it, right? Yeah. Here, oh man, just put In 10,000 for a few campaigns, and you're going to be in their offices and have some nice lunches. And it's just so darn easy to change zoning in this town. Wow, and it's a game, it's a game. This, it's it, a game, I it's agree. It's exactly think... the game this developer is doing on 124th Street. He has bought the property, yep. I don't know what the conditions are, maybe it's subject to the rezoning, right? But he's, he's betting that I can persuade council to change the zoning. Yeah, I think the developers would argue against you that it's easy, but I get what you're oh, saying, and
1: yeah. that it's a game, right? I think. It can be changed. I think there's good reasons and bad reasons, or good results and bad results for that, right? I mean, a good result is you can use a land in a certain piece of land in a certain way now because there's no market for the higher value mm-hmm. use, and you can change it in the future, right? How are you How are you supposed to predict what oh, sure. that land is going to do in 300 years? <laughs> That's hey, a little hard, right? Listen, hire me as a lawyer. I'll I, I'll argue <laughs> both
0: sides really well, you know.
1: But-, but I mean, we need to find some way to, I guess. As we're growing up and more money's going into buildings in the areas that we want, like downtown, how do we do that without completely destroying the history of the
0: city? And it's too bad that we don't have the beautiful original public library, which is down where the tallest Tower is built, the beautiful old courtyards, which is where uh, the Weston Hotel is, and Edmonton Centre was built on a lot of lovely old buildings too. Yeah, If we kept half of those, I yeah. think we'd have a more interesting downtown. More character, more soul, as you yeah. said. Yeah. When you walk around Victoria Harbour, right? do you see a bunch of high-rises? No, you see a very, very determinedly preserved area right. for a certain socioeconomic return. So we agree preserving these old buildings is important. Let's crack our heads open, do some really interesting thinking, look back at things that have been successful in encouraging new buildings, and say, hey, how do we take those kind of formulas and make them work for the old ones? Yep, makes sense to me. Okay, boy, if only we were in the world, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Next topic. Avenue Magazine does a, a very good job. Everyone loves the best restaurants section. It's becoming a bit of an annual thing. They, they just, in their latest magazine, done the- I think the, this is
1: their fourth year, right, if I'm not mistaken? Possibly. Probably. Maybe longer. Here's your mag.
0: I do have the physical copy in my hands. Amazing, Max, holding something physical, not electronic. I it? know, right? <laughs> do you curl you, up in bed with pages. a good... <laughs> yeah. It has come up forward. Uh, it's, it's getting to be quite the issue, and they, they put a good panel together to judge the whole thing, so it's got a lot of credibility. And uh, I'd have to say that their, their picks are pretty good. All right, so give us, uh, give us okay. a flavor. Top restaurants in town. Of course they're all pretty trendy too, but that's fine. These are the best new ones. best think. new well, the old thing about restaurant nothing is worse than restaurants, right? You, you gotta go in its first six months before it settles down. It's been <laughs> around for three or four years.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Rastazato, number one. Right. Good pick. Good pick.
1: Definitely, I uh, agree. I like that place. Been there yeah. a few times. It's close to home, obviously, never had a bad
0: meal or experience. Exactly. Very good in all fronts and, and terrific food. Barico? Yep, can't complain there. That's Corso, Corso 31's... uh so 32. <laughs> 32, jeez. Yeah. All these numbers and names, right? <laughs> Corso 32's her younger brother right next door. Third neighbor, uh, yeah. Done by the same... What's the fellow's name that runs it? Costa Acosta. Acosta did it as a kind of a... Again, he does these homages to contemporary Italian cooking, and boy, that stuff is good. It's hard to get into, but yeah. nice once you're there. No reservation, so go early. Yeah. Uh, woodwork... I really like Woodwork. I thought it's a it's a cute little bistro in the heart of downtown. They do just very high standards. Great bar. They do lots of really interesting cocktails as well.
1: Woodwork is a little surprising to me being on the best new restaurants. It feels to me like it's been around longer than what I would consider to be
0: new. Oh I think you could call it new
1: but it just slipped in. Okay maybe but they do have best overall restaurants as well. But not in the print
0: edition. Oh, at the, least we the... can't seem to find it. No, quickly. we can't seem to find it. We... It's a
1: lots of ads in that thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but on the rest on the website they have okay. the best new number one is Corso Thirty Two. Okay, Corso, of course, it's a darn fine restaurant. Very, very consistent is the reason they put it at number one. Yes. Uh, number two, Range Road.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Which also I'm a huge fan a fantastic of. Fantastic place. Great place. Yep. That's where you had your wedding reception. Of course, you're gonna like it. I'm a little biased. Yep. <laughs> number three, the Mark. Wow, that's interesting.
1: And you know, I haven't been back to the Mark in a little while, but this is funny that we're talking about it today because I can't tell you the number of times in the last couple of weeks people have mentioned the Mark to me. Uh, I'm gonna have to go back and try it again. It sounds amazing.
0: Good restaurants are like that. They just suddenly come up, and uh, oh dear, I can't remember the the, the guy that's running it has been around town 20, 30 years. A terrific, terrific hospitality guy. Keeps the place at at just perfect all the time and and his prices are quite reasonable cool so you know that kind of quality consistent after the mark the number three number four is uh, Chibo Bistro well oh, Chibo's moved up eh yep and number five Trey Carnales these are definitely the young and hip whatever happened to the poor old the harvest room <laughs> uh, down it was Norman normal the grill <laughs> there's so many restaurants that's what that's this is what I do mean about restaurants tend to settle down after after Corso will in 5 years time Corso will not be winning the same awards and things you know well you because would hope that we be, have new ones by then too, exactly right? yeah. Sort of yeah like pop music there's always a new star exactly yeah, yeah. all right what other that's categories cool. do you want to cover lunchtime Yep. Uh, the common yes terrific food at the common on night street i've never been there for lunch actually mm, i have have Really to try good scenaries I suppose so. There's also something that's been there, around for a million years. Right. Rosso Pizzeria on 109th Street. It's a good place. I like it's, that place. Yeah, it's okay. I don't know. Pizza's pizza. I mean, <laughs> flatbreads <laughs> are flatbeds. I know, but there really <laughs> isn't... If you have a good flatbread, you can have the same good flatbread in 50 restaurants in town. Got a nice big oven there, though. Yeah. Okay. Now, this makes me laugh, too. They got a, a category under steaks, right? Best steak. So you think, is it going to be the chop or... Uh, you know uh, the various ones. What's over there, in old Strathcona? The keg. Or the keg. Like yeah. Nope. They go with uh, the Mark. Okay. Uh, which is more of a French restaurant, but does have good steaks. Range Road. They're saying the steaks. I thought Range Road is better known for just using all the offal and, and the stuff that that people don't usually cook. But they're uh, saying they also have great steaks. Okay. Not necessarily awful, but local anyway. Yeah. Awful yeah. meaning O F F A. I know you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah good, I mean, good. Yeah. And then Pampa, Pampa, Pampa Brazilian and actual steakhouse. They don't really do steaks. They do just beautiful cuts of beef. You carve a little piece off, and then you just keep going until you can't eat anymore. I love that that place, but I I can only go once a year because you walk out with like four kilograms of beef in your stomach. And meat sweats. and You can smell it for blocks. Yeah. (laughs) Then they had burgers. Again, this is a bit surprising. Uh, Everyone loves the next act burger. I've never quite seen the big deal. I think they do some creative burgers. Okay. I'm okay with that choice, definitely. I've eaten them a couple of times there. I said, well, "Sugar Bowl." Oh, well, everything for the Sugar Bowl is really good. I don't think I've had a burger there actually. No, everyone always goes for the chicken and waffle or yeah. a few of the other things. Then they got a, a, a wild card: Jack's Drive-In in Spruce Grove. Never even heard of it. And to I be don't honest. plan to make a special trip for a burger, thanks. But yeah. if you're in Spruce Grove, I would have done an A and W Mama Burger myself. <laughs> Okay, then finally, vegetarian, and, and we were laughing about this before we started recording how how places uh, do mock meat and things, and this is another theme we'll pick up on. We're carnivores. We're carnivores, proud of it. Sailing on, you know that that's a, it's a food truck? Very popular food truck, yeah, good choice. Yep. Good good vegetarian?
1: Yep, very tasty, okay. not trying to be fake or anything like that. It's definitely worth Good. Yep.
0: Nourish, well, I like Nourish. Nourish is a good place, we're yeah, talking they, about that. And then... Padmanandi, right? Yeah. Uh, they're cute. They're nice people. But it just kills me when you open up the restaurant menu and there's mock beef, mock chicken, <laughs> mock this. If you're not, you're either in or out, folks. You know, if you're a vegetarian, <laughs> do you really need meat taste? And if you meet, meet, need meat taste, why don't you just accept that we are the stewards of the land and all these animals are here to serve us and cut off their heads and cut up their carcasses <laughs> and feed me some good beef? All right, stalwart of the vegetarian scene. <laughs> they had the last sort of interesting one was uh, small plates. Yep. Like uh, tapas. Tapas, yeah, and uh, three boars. Excellent, wasn't a third. First they gave Barbico again. I'd yep. have to say Barbico sounds like it's kind of the, uh, you know, and they won the 10 Oscars, right? Yeah, it's kind of the favorite, yep. Zin, uh, there's 104th. a restaurant that's been around for a few years and got back in. It does a beautiful job just down the street here on 104th Street. Uh, You can never get in, though. It's only got about 20 seats, and it's always full because they have very good food and nice people. Definitely. Three Boars. love Three Boars as well. Yeah, I like it, too. You just never know what they're going to come up with. Holy cow, they do some creative stuff. And the Pharaoh right beside there is always lined up. We drove by the other day, lined up at the door. Yeah, but, you know, I had their coffee, and, and they were making a big deal about their coffee, and it was cold. Oh, really? Yeah. To go back again bizarre yeah. cool. so Avenue magazine best new recipe. well chosen pretty trendy pretty trendy I think you should have a category best uh, heritage restaurants <laughs> best uh, what do we call it? new media traditional media classic restaurant classic uh, yeah that would yeah, work yeah classic because it is a trick to keep your quality up 20 years out 25 years out yeah I went to um, Creperie the other night. Mm. Which Hans Kunel had kept up to great standards for 38 years. Hans is now in his 70s, sold it, quality has died. Disappointing. So sad. Yeah. All right, a couple minutes left. What else do you want to cover? Um, interesting stuff out in Jasper. I was there for the opening of the Crimson Hotel, sort of the first new, quote, new hotel. Uh, in Jasper in many, many years. They took the Amethyst Lodge, the Mountain Park Lodges people, Okay. Um, looked at actually tearing down the building and replacing it. But Parks Canada has got a lot of rules with good reason. It's it's made Jasper the wonderful National place Park. it is. Yep. It was just, it, if you only, if you renovate from stem to Stern, if, as long as you keep your structure up, right, you still get your grandfather clauses, the things that you're allowed to, if you go new, you, you can't, you, you know, it's really restrictive. Different ball game. Yeah. yeah. And there's a whole game up in Jasper about being able to do this. But basically, it's a beautiful new hotel yeah. uh, using the structure of the old hotel. But nice to see. The interesting most interesting thing I found out there is that uh, Jasper Tourism is working very hard with the surrounding municipalities to get Edson to accommodate 737s. Hmm. Uh, the idea being to bring in scheduled WestJet Air Canada flights to bring in ski operators, for, even internationally, for the midweek winter season when everything dies. Right. Busy on the weekends,
1: not so much in the middle of the week.
0: Yeah. Real problem for them. Uh, an intriguing proposition. Surprising to me that the difference of flying into Edson means an hour and a half or an hour and three quarters drive. Everyone, nobody minds an hour and three quarters. They do mind flying into Edmonton and going to Jasper with the three and a half to four hours. So
1: it's bad for the Edmonton airport then, basically? Well, it's
0: just that we've never been able to build that much ski tour traffic Yeah. out, out of Edmonton. It's, it's just a little too far, they say. A little say. too far. Farther than, say,
1: Calgary from BAM or whatever, yeah.
0: right? Yeah. So that'd be kind of cool, you know, if they could start to fill up sort of 10% of their rooms on a, on a weekdays during the winter. Yeah. Uh, they all, they have a two-month season. July, August is totally packed uh may long weekend to labor day is 75 80 percent and then in wintertime weekends are great in the middle of the winter not so much <laughs> so <laughs> doing what they can i love jasper that's great yeah we were there just in november it's and everyone beautiful. says the best thing about jasper is it's not Bamp. there you go
1: <laughs> all right and the last thing i just wanted to quickly mention was online voting This come up again. We know back in 2013, Council decided not to approve online voting because they were afraid Don was going to win, and he (laughs) won anyway. Um, But anyways, back up. I've mentioned this on the show. They've now decided that uh, they're going to recommend to the province that they change the legislation to allow alternate forms of voting. So I guess there's a chance that we could have online voting for the next election.
0: Well, you know, the security is such now that it's pretty darn hard to to uh, game the system right yeah so and so many municipalities have done it now that they've built up some knowledge about it it's just it's the new world It's the new internet world if, if something like that's simple and easy to do and all you need is a pin number yeah why not exactly we can do our taxes online why can't we vote <laughs> we can do all kinds of things online why can't we vote <laughs> all right so we've got a cheese this week We have a cheese. Well, in the spirit of the vegetarian restaurants, we kind (laughs) of have a cheese. I picked this up over at uh, your neighborhood, uh, what's it called? Mother Earth? Uh, Earth General Store. Earth General Store. Yeah. Where they charge $7.50 for some small bag of of chip-like stuff. (laughs) So this is deliciously dairy-free provolone-style slices. Melts and stretches. And, uh, Mac, you were looking around the label, and you discovered that it was made from... It's Uh, on the back of this thing. It says
1: uh, it's made from filtered water, tapioca starch...
0: Tapioca starch!
1: Palm fruit oil, (laughs) non-GMO canola (laughs) oil. (laughs) And I have to tell
0: you, Graham, it tastes like it was made from tapioca starch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not such a fan. I'm surprised it's actually as good as it is. It sure tastes like rather a couple-of-day-old provolone that's been sitting in the back of the fridge for a bit. Mm-hmm. It has it slightly dry. has a very corporate taste to me. It's kind of weird. <laughs> tastes like a craft. <laughs> I don't think Sorry. I would buy this normally. <laughs> no, but no if I go vegetarian. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> another reminder not to go
1: vegetarian. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Mac. Thanks for listening, everyone. That's uh, another episode of Mac and Cheese. Check us out at macandcheese.ca. And let's save our old buildings.